Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, episode number two of Consider the Source. I am your host, Clay Scruggs. My guest today is a very good friend of mine, known him for a long time. His name is Jonathan Finley. He is an advocate for youth sports here in the upstate of South Carolina. He is a youth sports coach, especially in wrestling, where he helps head up one of the top youth wrestling programs in the country. We have a pretty long conversation about just youth sports in general, uh, wrestling and wrestling's effectiveness throughout life and self-defense and stuff in younger kids. We talk about being fathers and how being a father affects being a coach. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully he'll be back on to discuss some MMA, some fighting wrestling, stuff like that later on uh, as we go on about the show. But I really enjoyed it. And I hope you guys will too. It'll probably be pretty good and insightful for folks who have kids that are athletes. So, We really appreciate you guys listening. I hope you enjoy. All right, there we go, and we're live. Welcome into Consider the Source, episode number two. Today, our guest is a good personal friend of mine. I've known him for about 10 years, Mr. Jonathan Finley. He is out of Woodruff, South Carolina, right down the road from me. Um, He is a big-time advocate for youth sports in the upstate of South Carolina. He's a former high school wrestler who, I guess you could say, his wrestling career kind of got cut a little bit short whenever he became a young father, which that kind of stuff happens in our world today. But he's transformed from that into providing a platform for his kids and other kids around the upstate, uh, mentoring them through being a coach. He helps out as one of the head coaches of one of the top youth wrestling teams in the country called the Upstate Mad Assassins in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Jonathan, thank you for being on here today, buddy. What's going on, buddy? Uh, So tell me a little bit about, you know, I kind of know, but viewers don't know. When when I met you, you you were still in high school and uh, you were still wrestling. So kind of tell me about how how you got started wrestling because – you were you were a very successful wrestler in high school, and you translated that into being a pretty successful wrestling coach, especially to your son Kagan. Um, yeah, so I started wrestling um, back in sixth grade. Uh, it was actually something that, due to my size, I was a lot smaller than people. Um, so football just wasn't a big thing for me, even though I enjoyed it. It just wasn't wasn't going to be competitive at it. So. Um, in middle school, I started wrestling. I think I was like 89 pounds. Um, was going around like a skinny little stepchild. But I uh, started wrestling, started enjoying it. Uh, a good bond with the brothers. Um, wrestling's a sport that is, once you start wrestling, you just really don't stop. Like Because you're, you're, you're trained to that, that you don't stop whenever you're in a, in a battle. And, and the battle constantly keeps going. So um, wrestling's been a big deal in my life for a long time. So, all right, now, I know I know when Kagan was born, it was kind of toward the tail end of your wrestling career. How, how did that change things for you, you know, becoming a father? Because I'm sure you probably could have could have went to college and wrestled somewhere, maybe not somewhere big, at least somewhere around here. How, how did that, like, shape you as far as your wrestling career? And how did you use wrestling to kind of translate into being a father and stepping up? Well, honestly, like, when I graduated uh, from Woodruff, uh, I got a full ride to SMC. Um, I went and wrestled two years at SMC, and it was in my sophomore year that um, 
my son actually came along and it just was kind of to the point where it was like, you know, wrestling has taught me how to um, beat adversity and, you know, struggle with things. I mean, you don't get to like uh, lay your blame on nobody else in wrestling. It's just not like that. It's just you and him out there and you don't have a choice. He's going to either beat your ass or you're going to beat his ass. That's just how it works. And um, I mean, that's a big, big deal in life too. I mean, that's how it works, whether we're at the, the job site or we're on the wrestling mat. I mean, wrestling is a big key in life to me, and that's how we we go every day. Um, we look at every day the same way. I mean, we're just trying to be better every day. Right. So uh, you, you became a young father. We just touched on that and stuff. So through that, you know, you're getting Kagan involved in sports, and now uh, your other two sons, Spencer and Larson's not quite old enough yet, but. Uh, I know Spencer plays baseball and stuff, and he he started wrestling too. Uh, how how did you get started coaching? How how did you make the transition from athlete to coach? So my wrestling coaching career kind of started. So I'll take you back um, probably two three years ago. Kagan was three or four years old. Uh, he had all we've been running around the house. We wrestle like every dad usually does with their child, but we go hard. Like I mean, we bloody noses. We got big knots on our heads. That's just how we how we do it. So um, we decided to Woodruff um, wrestling actually has a little a little um, club deal that they do, and it's just like a one or two month deal. Kids come in, they wrestle 15, 16 matches. Parents come in, hoop and holler, and it's all good. But um, we actually went through there. Kagan was really good there. Uh, after we finished with that, I kind of wanted to see what what was outside of the norm and. I ran into um, one of my buddies named David Huntsberger. Um, I know a lot of y'all guys may have seen uh, his son is actually featured in Sports Illustrated this past month. I mean, yeah, I saw say Mad Assassin's program is tremendous. <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't say more about them guys, dude. Like when we go in there and we bust them kids' heads at, at nine, eight, ten years old, and and it produces. I mean, we we get production out of it. It's not like we're going in there and we're, and we're dogging them out, but we're going in there and we're and we're working hard with them. We're teaching them the right way, right way to wrestle, and it's definitely showing. Because I mean, we got kids in our wrestling room that are just beating kids all over the country. So right. So uh, so where I mean, I'm kind of veering off my outline a little bit, but it's all right. Uh, at that age, you know, like you and I are both you because you're a wrestler, and me just because I've been a fan and kickbox for a little while We're, we both are really into the mma and stuff and like i'm a huge fan of henry cejudo who's an olympic gold medalist in wrestling so like, I, I, I watch a lot of his stuff about his training and all and obviously an eight-year-old can't do what henry cejudo does so how do you go how do you go about training an eight nine ten year old kid to to be at a high level and something like that well i tell you in wrestling um I mean, we're going to push the body to what the body can, can handle. I mean, I've seen, I've got eight-year-olds that can do monkey rolls for 15, 20 minutes. And then I've seen high schoolers that can't go 20 minutes. And it's all about lung capacity. And at, and at that age, and this is what I try and explain to a lot of people, and this is something cool to talk about, but at that age, um, their body is going through a stage where they're they're growing. And they're growing, and if you teach their muscles, muscle memory is something I, I preach a lot. And if you if you teach their muscles what to do right now, it's going to know what to do come 
national championship time in high school or um, state championship time in high school, they're going to know um, how, how to train. They're, they're going to know how to compete and they're not going to, they're going to know how to perform and first place is what we, what we all, what we strive for. So. Right. So, uh, you know, one thing, a, a lot of folks who are coaches are also fathers, but you, you in a way became a coach because you're a father. How has coaching helped you as a father and how, has being a father helped you as a coach? Well, I tell you, I've actually, and I hate to toot his own horn, but my little eight-year-old is pretty talented. Um, my five-year-old is growing um, in the sport of baseball. He enjoys it. Kids talking about football more now than he talks about anything. Um, but what what actually comes to me is I don't. I'd rather trust somebody with the sport of the knowledge of what I have of just whether it was through video games or whether it was through watching sports center every day since I've been a kid. Um, I'd rather explain to my son and, and have him learn from me um, than I would allow somebody else. And I know that there are stages at times um, in life where you're going to have to push him off. And it's getting to that stage as he gets older is so I can only do so much with a child. Like I, I can give him the basics. I can lay the, the groundwork. But after that, um, I mean, he's going to need the, the technical stuff and the, and the little things that are going to make him, you know, noticeable outside of South Carolina or noticeable outside of the country. Right. What, uh, what's discipline like in your house? Wrestling's a very disciplined sport, so what's discipline like in your house? So discipline in my house, um, we don't really play that shit. I mean, that's just how it works. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, I get looked at a lot. I mean, we're, at, we're on vacation now, and, like, if my kids do something wrong on the beach – they get yelled at. I mean, and, and it's not a, it's not a yell like, Hey, like screaming my lungs off, but it's a, it's a sternness where they understand that I'm not playing around and that, and, and that's how it is in the wrestling room. Also, um, again, I talk about productivity and producing. And if you get those kids to buy into what you're trying to, trying to do and you're and your, everybody starts buying in, it's a big deal, dude. And it, it makes a, it makes a difference when everybody buys in and, you know, everybody goes by the same rules. My three-year-old or my almost two-year-old goes by the same rules that my eight-year-old goes by. We don't draw on the wall. We don't leave the refrigerator door open. Basic stuff like that. I mean, right. you know how you know how it is. Oh yeah, uh, I have a two-year-old and he's wide open. I was telling Kaylee the other day that we're Asher's not a bad kid, but Asher's <laughs> full of energy. And we we were talking about the other day how there's got to be some way to channel his energy and i was telling kaylee that probably about four or five years old he's probably gonna have to start wrestling or kickboxing or something to kind of get that energy out and i think yeah i think what i think what you guys do is very is very productive for kids like teaches you a lot of stuff you know like wrestling it, it's a sport and it teaches you stuff within a sport but at the same time you know no one wants to jump on a wrestler or something like that you don't right. see a lot of people picking on a wrestler so you know, so I feel like something like that helps kids. And my my kid's gonna wrestle, or at least attempt it. And if he doesn't like it, then we'll find something else. But uh, and at the, and again, at that stage in life, I mean, there's gonna come a time when, um, I mean, and I and I hate that because of the way the world is. But there's gonna come a time when they're gonna need to know how to protect yourself. And it may be eight years old, it may be ten years old, it may be twenty five years old. But I mean, they need to have some kind of know, knowing of how to control their body weight and how to. How to handle another human being? I mean, so 
some people never laid hands on a kid, anybody ever in their whole life. And when that time comes, they don't know what to do. Right. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, in all my years of being a fight fan and the time that I train in kickboxing and stuff, you know, I've always felt like wrestling is probably the most, most important part of a fight. Like, it says a lot if you can kick someone in the head and knock them out. But if you miss and that guy slams you on your head and you can't get him off of you, then you really right. shit. So, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, that, that's always been one thing I've thought of. I always have had the utmost respect for the sport of wrestling. I, I love watching the, you got me into the beat the streets stuff and on flow wrestling. I did, uh, Final X was this past weekend, right? Uh, yeah, so, the, yeah, well, the, it's been the past two weekends. Okay. Because they, uh, they do it, one's in um, Lincoln and then one's in, um, one's in uh, Rutgers. It's at Rutgers. So they uh, they do know the world team now, the world team. So oh, it's definitely right. yes, been so I, want, I wanted to watch Jordan Burroughs this past weekend. I unfortunately didn't get to, but we'll get to some more yeah. stuff about that here in a minute. I, I want to ask you, you know, uh, let's, we touched on, I had this one note about the importance of wrestling, but we just kind of touched on that. So I'll skip over that. What To you, you know, you, you don't just do wrestling. You, you guys just got done with baseball. From what I've seen on social media, you guys had a pretty successful season. It wasn't great, but by far wasn't the worst. You and I coached football together last year. Unfortunately, I'm not going to get to coach football this year with our expecting new baby. He'll be coming right in the middle of football season. So, But, you know, you've coached a lot of different sports, wrestling, football, baseball. Uh, there may be even be stuff that you've coached that I don't know about. Uh, what's the – to you – What's the importance of youth sports in America? I'll tell you, man, um, youth sports, period. I mean, I enjoy the sport. I enjoy adult sports, youth sports, but you don't have adult sports without youth sports. I mean, it's youth sports is the feeder program to everything. Right. I, I completely agree that every mom-pop town around the country should have some type of youth sports because if not, kids are going to be – I mean, you're gonna get, you're gonna end up with kids on the streets. You're gonna end up with kids doing things they're not supposed to, because they don't have nothing to devote their time to. Um, one thing I, one thing I definitely like about youth sports is just the fact of watching kids grow. Um, and I also like the seasons part of it. Um, you were talking about like how how do you how you coach baseball and how you coach football, how you coach wrestling. Um, I just like the progression of kids, uh, whether it's a kid that couldn't hit the baseball whatsoever when we started practice to finally getting a hit in the last game or whether it was a kid that crushed the baseball in the first practice, um, worked his butt off all season and started working on the fundamentals of it, things like that. Uh, I just like right. progression of kids. Progression of kids is a big thing to me. Um, if you're not progressing, then I'm not doing something right. So, and that's why I was telling you, like, there's going to come a time when whatever, I, what I'm coaching is only going to get you so far. Um, right. And I, I don't claim to be the best by no means, but what I'm coaching is only going to get you so far. Um, there's gonna, you're gonna have to go somewhere else after, after you're done with what I got going on. So, right, so, uh, what is your goal when you, when you get done with the kids? Like, you may only have a kid for one year. You may have a kid for three or four years. But what is your goal for each kid when you when you get done coaching that kid? And that kid moves on to whether it be another sport, another coach, another team, or that as as Kagan gets older, you'll deal with this. Moves from you coaching them to 
like middle school and high school ball. Like what's what is your goal for a kid when he gets when you're no longer his coach? What is your goal for them? Well, my deal is is I want kids to understand the sport, um, whether it's wrestling, whether it's football, whether it's baseball. Um, I want kids to understand the sport, and that another thing I try and preach kids is there's a winner and loser in life, and a lot of these sports are based off a of difference because um, football you have teammates, um, baseball you have teammates. They make a mistake, you are you're hurt by their mistake, um, and that's the mentality of going into things is you control what you can control, and I ch- I tell my kids that a lot. Control what you can control. You can't help if homeboy on the right misses the ball in first base. You can't help if quarterback got the ball tipped. You just control that you ran your route right or, you know, you, you hit the ball the way you're supposed to or, or you shot your double leg the way you're supposed to. Um, I try and make sure every kid um, controls what they can control and has a lot of fun, dude. Youth sports is about fun. If those kids are getting worked too hard and they go home and they don't want to come back the next day, you did something wrong. Um, I mean, that's just how I am. If they don't – if they don't want to come see you at the beginning of practice, then they got a problem with you, and that means you ain't doing something right. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I experienced that myself whenever we did the whole football deal this year. That was a big step outside of my comfort zone for me. Yes, yeah, different. Enjoyed man. I enjoyed it though, but you know, coaching kids is way different than you know, like talking sports with a high school or explaining something to a high school. It blew my mind the amount the amount of difference there. It really did. Uh, Kids will look at you like you damn stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm oh, telling man. you, they're like, you don't have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> That's not how they did it on Madden. Right. <laughs> but uh, So, anyway, you know, this is kind of my last question in terms of you being a coach before we get into just kind of talking about wrestling and MMA and stuff like, like I wanted to talk about with you because I know we, we talk about it a lot off the air, so – I figure it would be good to throw that in here uh, in the podcast to have some sports talk about that. But but one of my last questions about uh, coaching here is, uh, you know, you have three kids. I don't, I don't know how many more you're going you're going to con your wife Sam into into having. I'll be right but, uh, but the thing is, you know, the thing is, just you know, for Ryan. Eventually, eventually you're. Eventually, Kagan's going to move up to high school. He's going to move out of you coaching or move to middle school, stuff like that. And so is Spencer. When Larson comes on and plays sports, he is too. When your kids make it to that level, when they make it to the level when dad's no longer the coach, what is your end game in, uh, in coaching kids? You know, like, are you going to continue to coach? You, are you just going to be Kagan and Spencer's dad sitting in the bleachers? Like, what, what's your goal as far as all that goes? Um. I'll be honest, man. I just live day by day. I try and do things. Um, I, I keep my circle small. I try and do things um, for Jonathan. Uh, I really don't do a lot. I, the reason I coach uh, Spencer is because, uh, again, I just wasn't comfortable with what was around and what was being offered to, to coach him. So I decided to coach it. But um, once they once they get to a point where I can't coach anymore, I'm literally going to sit on the top of the bleachers and just be a happy-go-lucky dad, man. I mean, I right. don't think I'm gonna be—I don't think I'm gonna be the guy that doesn't have kids in the sport and is coaching. Um, right. I do it—I I do it for my kids, but um, I also do it for other kids. I'm not one of the guys that says 
I do it for the kids, and I'm not a daddy ball type guy. Uh, and and that's something I was I figured we would touch on. I don't know if you've heard the terminology, but it's yeah, it's daddy ball. Uh, a lot of people, oh, well, my dad's the coach. I'm gonna play the best position on the field. That, right. That's not me. Um, I put the kids in the best positions to allow our team to win. Um, and I told you that before that. Um, there's winners and there's losers. And when we're playing on my baseball team or my wrestling team or my wrestling, I mean, my football team, we're going to win. Uh, yeah. Whether it's 6U, 8U, 10U, um, I stress that to every parent. We're going to win. But we're going to win baseball games. We're going to win football games. Um, if, you, if you're not a part of that, let me know so I can know to put your kid in the outfield. That's just kind of how it works for me. Right. Now, I, I agree as far as the daddy ball goes. Uh, I didn't have that down to touch on, but that's a good subject to – to kind of brush into, you know, uh, uh, kind of a funny story in terms of that is, you know, uh, my brother, I never played for my dad in baseball. My dad was a pretty good baseball coach, but he got tired of around where we are in Cherokee County. He got tired of kind of the politics. I know you deal with politics, politics, but, uh, but he got, he got tired of all that and kind of hung it up and let Ryan do his own thing. You know, Ryan Ryan was way more of an athlete than I'll ever be. And, uh, but I remember one time that they were playing in like a their their tournament was broken up into like they had a region and then area and then they had their big championship deal and I, I remember they were playing the area championship to go into like the four sixteen tournament whatever it was for you know for the big trophy and stuff and that they were sitting there and my dad was coaching and my brother was coming up to bat and. He, he'd kind of dealt with some criticism because one thing Ryan could do, if nothing else, was Ryan could run bases. So Ryan would do a lot just to get on base. and uh, He went through a little bit of a hitting slump. So my brother's getting ready to go up to bat. And there's like two outs. And I think the tying or winning run is on third. And uh, everyone, including me, you know, expected my dad to let my brother bat. I kind of knew he was in a little bit of a slump. And I think Ryan knew it as well. And I, I'll never forget. My, my dad pinch hits for my brother and uh, brings someone else in because sitting off of a left-handed pitcher, and Ryan really struggled with left-handed pitchers, so he pinch hits for my brother. They win the game. The only person that wasn't happy was Ryan because he got pinch hit for by his own dad. <laughs> that was that was when we learned the term daddy ball. Like, my dad said, you know, this isn't daddy ball. Like, you, you don't get a trophy in life participating. Like, just – you're in life now, and you're participating. But if you can't pay the power bill, the only trophy you get is they come and cut that shit off. So right. uh, you don't you don't get handed anything. And Ryan struggled hitting, so my dad did what he had to do to win the ball game. And I think that was the first time I, I ever really learned, you know, like because I was kind of watching. And I was in middle school, I think, at the time. I, I I was playing basketball, but I think that was when me and Ryan really learned, you know. It, nothing's handed to you. You work for it. If you're in a slump and you're not the best person fit to do it, you know, you're just not the best person fit to do it. It's a team game. You know, you help get to this point, but there may be a time when someone else needs to step up rather than you. And my dad, my dad taught us that the hard way. We, we were all upset Ryan didn't get the bat, but uh, truth be told, Ryan, that probably was a ball game and he didn't pinch hit for Ryan. So that, that's how it works. That always sticks that's in my mind when people say, Daddy ball. That, that's always one thing I'll probably always remember because I, I always remember how mad Ryan was when he and, didn't get the hit. And that's been a lot of things, man. A lot of days, things nowadays, man. Kids, 
kids' dads will um, decide to coach it, and a lot of his dads don't even know nothing about baseball. Um, they're really just trying to, uh, and and they're not doing bad. They're not doing bad by no means, but they're just really trying to volunteer their time, and um, they're they're not teaching the kids very much. Uh, it's not that it's, and, and that's where I came into the point of saying that I didn't feel comfortable with somebody somebody else coaching one of my kids. Um, it's it's one is because there'll be two coaches out of five that you really got a choice of your kids gonna learn something from or not. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, no, I agree. If you got a guy who's never even touched the baseball field whatsoever, and he plans on coaching ten U baseball, I feel like at ten years old, kids aren't able to learn how to play baseball. They shouldn't be um, just now learning how to develop their their stroke and their swinging and stuff like that. They shouldn't be learning that by ten. Uh, I mean, I got eight year olds that can can turn double plays and make make kids look foolish. So, uh, I mean, that's just how it works when you work with the same kids over and over and over and over, um, you start seeing production. And that's that's why I try and explain to people. They say, well, John, you do such a good job coaching. Yeah, but I, I expect things from these kids. Um, I expect from my kids as much as I expect from everybody else. So, Right. Uh, you know, we talked about, just for a brief second, we mentioned the politics in these sports. <laughs> how, uh, how politics affected you? Because I, I, I mean, it's huge. It's a, it's a big, it's a big deal in these sports. Of who your dad is or who your grandpa is. I know around here, I'm sure it's the same. We're just probably the same all over the country. My, my grandpa's the mayor. Oh, you get put on the best team. You get this. You get that. How does that affect you in your time? In your well, sport? I tell you, man, dude, politics and Woodruff ain't that bad as they used to be. Um, they used to be pretty tough. Uh, nowadays, I mean, it really is where just a bunch of dads are, are good friends and they have put in work with their kids and um, their kids are starting to produce. And, and that's kind of what it what it boils down to is that whose dad's out there working with their kid in the in the in the yard on Friday, Saturday and Sunday and ain't on the dang uh, lake or something like that. You know what I mean? I mean, it's who's right. working with their kids, who's spending time with their kids. And um, I mean, politics can be horrible in youth sports i mean it can go from football football is one of the world's worst in politics i mean you'll have a whole team full of loaded up kids and, and they just stomp people man and, and that's right. not just woodruff that's all over that's all over the country and youth football nowadays so you know how it is man oh no i, I totally agree uh now, let me ask you this is my last i this is my last question for about the fourth time but this is something I, I just kind of thought of. I didn't write it down, and I, I didn't think about it earlier when I made my show notes. But uh, I wanna, I wanna ask you this because you, in your life, is so centered around sports. You're a sports fanatic. You follow all almost all sports. You played sports. Your kids love sports and stuff like that. Uh, I'm the same way. My my kids only two. They'll be three in December. But he loves sports sit down and watch baseball, basketball, I sit down and watch a whole game with me. Uh, he loves when we take him to drive games, stuff like that. Uh, what happens, because I've kind of confronted myself about this, about what if this were to happen, you know. What what happens to you, like, what would it do, do to you, or where would you go if one day, you know, one of your kids, if Kagan came to you and said, Dad, I, I don't want to wrestle anymore, I don't want to play baseball, I, I want to do this, or I want to find something else to do. Like, how do you address that? Because 
You know, if a kid's not engaged and a kid don't want to do anything, you know as well as I do, a kid's not going to do it. So uh, I, I've always wondered, like, what what do you what do you think about the possibility of that happening? Well, if I'd be devastated, honestly, if Kagan decided um, to not use his talents, is what I would say. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is um, you, you can burn these kids out in these sports nowadays. And you burn a kid out in these sports, that, that's where it's going to come where they're not having fun. Um, if they're not, if a kid is, I told you this earlier, if a kid isn't having fun with what he's doing, he shouldn't be doing it. Whether it's wrestling, ballet, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, if Kagan or one of the kids was to say, hey, I don't want to wrestle anymore, or I don't want to play football, um, if it was mid-season, we would definitely finish our season because that's just where we're going to finish anything that we start. That's why I teach my kids. Um, but after that, I mean, it just reevaluate. Uh, a lot of times, kids get burnt out. They play. I mean, we play baseball Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Imagine doing that and then not really getting much time to do anything on the weekends because we got something else going on. Then it's right back to baseball again. I mean, that, I've heard many times Kagan say, "Man, we got to practice again," and I'm like, "Yeah, dude, we got to practice again." But then we talk about it, and I tell him, "I say, dude, we're gonna get better off of this practice. We're gonna learn something today. After practice is over, we always talk about what we learned." What'd you right. learn today? What I mean, especially now in baseball, Kagan made the all-star team. I'm not coaching him. So I'm sitting on the bench. I'm watching those other dads and other great coaches coach my son, which is great. Um, and at the end of practice, we always do, he always does a cool-down lap around the baseball field, runs around the baseball field at a jogging pace, and he's thinking about what he did right, what he did wrong, how he can get better, things like that. And when he gets in the car, that's what we talk about. It's a five-minute ride home, and then we're done. We don't talk about practice and stuff after we get to the house and we're at dinner and we're on the Xbox or something like that. We don't talk about practice. Talk about practice during practice and for five minutes after, and that's it. <laughs> right, right. That, I mean, that's a pretty good plan there. I've always wondered, you know, people – I have a good personal friend who was uh, – well, I say a good personal friend. He really knows my family more than that, but uh, he played – professional baseball and he even played a few major league games and stuff and he has two kids they uh they both love baseball you know he, he was a great athlete back in his day and he, he used to press his kids so much and they they went right to playing baseball and i'm talking like they play rec league get done with rec league, go right to travel ball then get done with uh travel ball go to school ball then get done with school ball then go to fall ball and they're playing baseball all year round and finally they both, I guess they talked to one another because they were like a year apart in, in age. I guess they talked to one another and they sat him down one day and said, Look, I don't want to play baseball anymore. And he was like, oh, so, so you just want to play like one less league or you just want to play school And nope, we don't want to play baseball at all. But we hate baseball now. We, we'd rather do this. We'd rather do that. Burn out. Burn out. Last I heard, they were kickboxing, doing great in kickboxing competitions out there, athletic kids. But like you said, you know, kids get burnt out. They, People get burned out of anything. You know, one yeah, of the you go to Monday through Friday, you get burned out of your Monday through Friday jobs. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you know, one of the ways me and you met was uh, was go kart racing through your brother in law, Justin. And uh, I, I'll be the first to tell you, and I think we share this. I, I could give a damn less to go to a go kart race. Yep, I ain't going uh, to one. I ain't been to one in seven months. So <laughs> it's going to bother me go, a bit. I, I think I'm going to go this weekend and help Lane just because, you know, Lane might as well be my kid. And so. Uh, I, I'll go and I'll help Lane, and then probably won't go for another month or two, and that that'll be fine with me. 
Uh, yep, I ain't missing been nothing. About, been about 10 times this year, and I, I've had as much fun this year as I ever had traveling the roads racing. You know, yep. uh, one of the last things I want to discuss, you know, uh, in, in real-world sports, you know, how does wrestling translate, especially to MMA? We talked about how we both feel like wrestling is the most important skill in a fight and stuff like that. I think we're in the the new golden age of MMA. Uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff going. Ben Askren is now in the UFC. He's probably going to contend for a title if he beats Jorge Masvidal. Uh, no. Talks of Jordan Burroughs going to MMA stuff like that. How how do you uh how do you feel about that? Like these elite level wrestlers going to going into MMA, and how, how do you think that works? Like, are you a fan of it? Or are you not a fan of it? Well, kind of give me your so, opinion. Here's my deal on um, elite big big time wrestling. Uh, if you know the sport of wrestling, your body is can do anything. Um, if you're looking at it now, uh, most of your champions are elite wrestlers. Henry Zahudo, um, guys like that, Daniel Cormier. Big time wrestlers um, are winning titles in the UFC, which um, most people would consider the biggest combat sports uh, deal. So, I mean, wrestling's going to get you where uh, you need to be. Um, anybody, I would say anybody could throw hands. I mean, I can fight. Uh, but if you don't know how to control somebody on the ground and where to put your body at and where your weight needs to go compared to his weight, things like that, I mean, that's what's going to get you in positions. And positions win wrestling matches, and as of the last time I've seen it lately, um, positions win uh, UFC fights. Ben Askren is a, is a nobody. Uh, I mean, he's a great wrestler. He was a great wrestler. His hands are not very good. Um, I feel like uh, Robbie beat his ass. Robbie oh, yeah. beat Ben's ass. I mean, that's just plain and simple. Ben got lucky, got him in a choke. Whether he was out or not, that's on them. Robbie beat Ben's ass. Um, I agree. So, I mean, I'd that's just how that is. Again. I really hate that they're not fighting again. Yeah, I would like to see them fight again. Uh, but, I mean, like you were talking about, like if, if some of these kids that are wrestling now um, for the world team, so there's kids like Yanni Demacahalas, there's kids like Jordan Oliver, uh, Zane Rutherford, uh, Gable Stevenson could come. I feel like Gable Stevenson, there's a kid from Gable, named Gable Stevenson from Minnesota. Yeah. He could come and compete in the UFC heavyweight division. I bet he could. I bet he could. Uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not as big into wrestling as you. You've helped me kind of start following it more. I, I follow Flow Wrestling and uh, Beat the Streets and all that stuff now. But dude, Gable Stevenson is probably one that I really kind of like gravitated to. Everybody loves Jordan Burroughs. Jordan Burroughs is a badass. He has the best blast yeah. double I think I've ever seen. He's a legend. But. You know, I really, really like to watch Gable Stevenson wrestle. Uh, there's there's some videos. He got beat this past weekend, Final X. I was just devastated. Oh, well, he, he lost on Criteria. So, uh, Nick Wazowski um, beat him on Criteria 4-4, to four, and then he beat him by one in match number two. It's the best of three. So, he beat him back-to-back matches. But first match was on Criteria 4-4. Four four. Second match was like 3-2. to two. Um, But Gwiz is the shit, though. So, right. And ended up, he made two world teams, and Gable's just a kid. Gable, I think, is like 20 years old. So He's a, I mean, he's a sophomore at Minnesota last year. Yeah, time. dude, like big-ass kid. Uh, hey, dude's he, got massive upper body strength. There, there's a video on YouTube that I watched. It's probably the most satisfying thing I've ever seen in my life. It is Gable Stevenson wrestling 
with Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar went to Minnesota. Minnesota, and, yeah. And decided whenever he wanted to, this past few months ago when he said he was coming back and he pulled out of it, whatever, you know, he, he went to train to make sure, you know, his body could still stand up to it. Maybe it couldn't. Maybe that's why he pulled out of it. But there are videos of him wrestling with Gable C. And they Maybe are, Gable beat his ass. Oh, he got him pretty good. Brock got him some, too. But I'm telling you, they are throwing down. Like, it is it's, it's a borderline fist fight. It's not even really wrestling. Like it, it's insane. I love watching. I've probably seen it a hundred times. Brock's that dude. But, uh, again, that's another thing. Brock come into the USC and um, was a good wrestler. I mean, Brock won national championship. So, they get right. much better than a national championship. Right, I agree. I totally that's, agree. That's... I, yeah, I'll, forever be, uh, I'll forever be convinced that, you know, I know minimal wrestling, a little bit of jiu-jitsu from my time training kickboxing. We learned some stuff like that, but mostly centered around kickboxing. I, I forever believe that if John and Jim get in a fight, and John is a John is a world champion wrestler, and Jim is a world champion kickboxer, that Jim will probably beat John's ass until John gets Jim on the ground. That's that's. Uh, hey, I'm wrestling for life, dude. That's just how yeah. we are. I mean, but I've been. Te- I, Again, I teach Larson that because we he's Larson's too. He's really small, and we wrestle with I wrestle with Larson. So, uh, I mean, he knows how to get in a stance, and he's two years old. That's just how we do it around here. So, right, what's well, it's kind of in your blood? I mean, you've done it since you were in sixth grade to your kids doing it. You know, it probably be something. I'm sure this year goal would probably be something they can pass on to their kids, and you'll eventually be watching your grandkids wrestle and stuff like that. You know, so. Maybe it'll work like that. One last thing. Well, two last things, sorry. Uh, what do you think about Chael Sonnen? Was a, he was an excellent wrestler in college. I think he was like a two-time national runner-up. He never managed to win a world title in MMA, but finally retired at the age of 46 uh, after he got knocked out on Saturday by Leona Machida. What, what do you think about that? Like, You, you see wrestlers, I, I think, too, it has to do with their training and wrestling. Like... They have super longevity. Guys like Mark yeah. Coleman and even Brock, we were talking about Brock. Like Daniel Cormier is, what, 41 or 42 now. These guys wrestle forever. They, and they fight forever. But I guess it's just how they're built. Maybe it's their gas tank. Maybe it's what they're, they're bred into them. I don't know. But tell someone 46 years old and retired this Saturday. What, what do you think about guys – that continue to do it for that long. And, uh, what, what do you just think about guys like him? You know, they're elite wrestlers, go to MMA and have long careers. I'm sure he made more money than he'll ever know what to do with and stuff like that. So I tell you, uh, you were talking about wrestlers having uh, longevity. Uh, that's just because wrestlers are stupid as hell. Like they, they don't know when to stop. Um, I don't. I'm not a big Shell Sonnen fan, uh, but I agree. Once you get to a certain age, it's, it's just time to stop getting hit in the damn head. I'm right. not trying to get the hit in the head after. I, I don't, I'm, a, I'm 29 years old, and a lot of these guys are 29. They're prime in their prime, and I feel like old as hell. So um, right. it's, it's tough for me to run two baseball practices without my back hurting. So I can't imagine getting hit in the face because. Uh, but again, like with me, uh, sometimes I'll go into uh, the wrestling room and. I'm 29, and there'll be kids in there that are bigger than me. I mean, we wrestled with a lot of Burns uh, high schoolers. So, I mean, Burns high school was really good this year. Uh, and I wrestled with some of their big boys. 
I mean, and I'm 29, and I go at it with them 18, 17, 18-year-olds, and I still get it with them, but, like, I get over there breathing hard, so I'm like, I can't do this anymore. This is not for me, <laughs> and I'm 29. So I, there's no way I would be able to do it at 40. I mean, I'm gonna right. just, like I told you, after a certain time I'm sitting back, I'm going to be the guy in the stands hollering for them babies. So that's just how I'm going to do it. After a certain time, I'm, I'm done with it probably. I got I ain't having no more kids, so <laughs> that's a fact. Um, so our, our last little conversation topic that I had down here, do you think we'll ever see Jordan Burroughs fight MMA anywhere? Uh, we touched on that. He's a legend already in U.S. wrestling. He's, he's, I've never seen someone with a better blast double than him. He, this man is unreal. Uh, yeah. We talked about how Ben Askren is a good wrestler, but he, he literally knocked him off the mat with his first double. They attempted to at, uh, beat the streets in New York City. So what, uh, do you, you think we'll ever see him in MMA, or do you think he'll just kind of ride out? As the top dog in U.S. wrestling, once his time. I think this is this is honest opinion. I've had this conversation. I, I talked to a lot of people about UFC and wrestling, and I think that if Jordan Burroughs decided to come wrestle or come fight in UFC, uh, he would probably come in at a 175, 85 range. Um, I think he would contend as soon as he stepped in, and as soon as he signed the contract, I think Jordan could contend. Uh, I've seen, I've seen some videos of Jordan um, not being happy with people and shoving people around, and and those aren't what you those those are not the kind of hands you want. Um, he's not just right. fast with his feet, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. I mean, if his feet are that fast, do you think his hands are slow? I right. mean, I'm, no, I I'm gonna say no. Um, Jordan has a Jordan has a mentality, and this is this is where this is where mentality beats everything in wrestling. A lot of people. I mean, it's a diet. It's a it's a lifestyle. It's a it's a way of living. If your mentality is stronger than the other guy, um, you pretty much have already won. If if you don't tell yourself there's no chance of losing, Jordan doesn't never believe he's gonna lose. Um, and I think Jordan could come right into UFC and compete. So I, I think it'd be amazing. I'm telling you, I really do. I mean, can you imagine a uh, let's say a Jordan Burroughs versus uh, I don't know. Who would be a good UFC fight for Jordan Burroughs? Uh, at one eighty-five, Jordan Burroughs versus Yoel Romero, or Jordan Burroughs versus Stylebender. That's a wrestler. Hey, Yoel Romero is a wrestler too. Yeah, Yoel Romero is an elite wrestler, like scary wrestler from yeah. Cuba. That man, they put something in their wall. Maybe Jordan yeah. wouldn't wrestle eighty-five. Maybe it'd be like 60, 65. So, so if he if he was sixty, they haven't started the one sixty-five pound class yet. Because so he wrestled be, Ben, so he would be sixty. So yeah, Ben Ben fights at one seventy. So he'd probably be one seventy, one fifty-five. Take my money to see Jordan Burroughs versus Khabib at one hundred sixty-five pounds. Hey, Jordan Burroughs would hit Khabib with a double leg that ain't no bear ever touched him like that. <laughs> ain't no damn bear ever touched him like that. He so, did not some, want that double leg. Someone send this to Dana White. Let's get Jordan Burroughs versus Khabib. <laughs> Hey, let's make it happen. Pounds. Hey, I'm Take selling pay per right Hey, right? I'm telling you. That, Early prediction: that, Jordan beats his ass. I, I don't know. Or don't early know prediction. Anyone, I'm I don't know you. how anyone could get off the mat if if you put him down. You know, yeah. I, I'm God. You know, I'm down. When I think of a guy like like Jordan Burroughs. I think of a guy like Kyron Woodley, big, fit guy, and then Kyron Woodley. He's big, was, dude. Yeah. JB's got big thighs. 
JV's got a huge shoulders. JV's huge, dude. Well, Tyron Woods is the same way, you know. He, and he's yeah. a really good wrestler at Michigan State. And Yeah, but we're talking about he, a whole different level of wrestling. Whenever he started developing his hands, he's knocking people out as much as he's taking them down. It would yep. be scary to see Jordan Burroughs really develop some elite stand-up to go with that. I, I don't know how yep. anyone would get off the mat. Seriously, right. I, I don't know how you get how you get back to your feet if he took you down. Uh, yeah, and then just beat the shit out of him. Oh, that's right. You go to the, you go to the ground and immediately start looking at the clock. How much right. time? That's how so, that would uh, work. But yeah, I I really appreciate you coming on. I, that was kind of some stuff I want to talk about. You know that we got a lot of stuff going on in the fight world, the wrestling world. Uh, we just talked about Final X finished up this past weekend. Fortunately, I didn't get to watch it. I was watching the Tyson Fury fight. I saw where they were finishing up at Final X, but I kind of just made my decision to, instead of watch it on flow, I decided I just wanted to watch Tyson Fury. I thought that would be a little bit more competitive than it ended up being. Yeah, he got uh, his ass beat. Oh, dude, just killed Tom Schwartz. It was really kind of, after watching Andy Ruiz beat uh, Anthony Joshua, I was like, man, this, this could be bad for Fury because – this guy's number two heavyweight in the world and all these rankings and stuff. I was like, man, this might be really bad. And he went out there and just stomped him. Well, he come out in the first round through nothing but jabs and really really kind of threw him off balance. And then he come out in the second round, fought the whole second round southpaw. And once Tom Schwartz kind of thought he knew what to do about the jab of Fury, then he didn't know what to do because he's getting hit with a jab from the opposite side. It was that's how that works, man. They look yeah. like two old men fighting. I don't like heavyweight boxing. <laughs> I hate it, actually. It's, it's well, boring as hell. Well, I, I like watching the big fights. You know, it's such a drop off in talent from the top to the bottom. Uh, a guy like that's the number two heavyweight in the world, and Tyson Fury yeah. is the lineal heavyweight champion, and he made him look stupid. The only yep. the only people that can contend in that deal is. Uh, as far as like and put on entertainment fights is Wilder and Fury and I guess Anthony, Anthony. Joshua maybe I don't know after he got, he got that 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 Mexican got lucky. I think a lot of it had to do honestly with uh with Anthony Joshua fighting in the U.S. I swear I think that had a lot to do with it. he's fighting where he, he's fighting in the U.S. for the first time he had never fought uh, in America he had never what fought that, outside. What matter does that matter? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with jet lag. You know, like it's. He's on the opposite side of the world. His body's not accustomed to it. They said he only came a week before the fight, so it takes a long time for you to kind of develop out of that. I I don't know if he overtrained or what. I've never felt jet lag, ever. Really? (laughs) Never. Never. I I mean, I've been on many of jets, but I ain't never felt no lag. I watched the fight, and every time he went to the corner, it was like two rounds. He asked his trainer, he was like, why do I feel like this? Why am I feeling like this? So uh, he had something going on. I, I don't know what, but I think he definitely had something going on aside from Andy Ruiz punching him in the face. But uh, yeah, but yeah, hopefully we'll have you on again sometime. We'll talk some more about wrestling and MMA. Maybe maybe we'll do the thing. You know, I, I hate to steal someone's idea, but I don't care. It's, it's a pretty good idea. Uh, you know, Joe Rogan does his fight companion deal. Maybe we'll get together and watch watch a UFC fight one night. And, Hey, I'm down to be on this thing whenever you want, Richard, man, we'll, dude. I got I got 15, 20 minutes to give you every week. <laughs> I hear you. We'll, uh, we'll, record, we'll record our time or us watching the fights or something one night. Maybe put that together, possibly when Khabib and Poirier fight or some, something like that. You. We'll get something good to go down. But uh, I appreciate it. I really 
really thank you for being on. Really thank you for your insight about youth sports and all. I'm sure some people appreciate it. You know, all kids love sports, and most parents instill that in their kids. So I think you gave a lot of good insight for people to listen to and appreciate. So I really appreciate it, and I hope you come back sometime. All right, brother. I appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you, man. And there you have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed this episode with Jonathan Finley and our discussion about youth sports. Hope it was, hope it was helpful and insightful and you took something away from it. Uh, we'll have a few more episodes planned to be recorded this week. Not sure if I'll release them all this week. May wait and release one more this week and release another one at the beginning of the next week. Got, got a few cool guests uh, lined up and the podcast is really taking shape a little bit faster than I thought it would. Uh, we're now available on Google Podcasts breaker we've been available on spotify since day one check us out on any of those or you can stick to anchor again this podcast is made via the anchor app so you can listen to us on any of those platforms hopefully by the end of this week it'll be on apple Podcasts, and that should do a lot of good for us so thanks for listening next time consider the source